Welcome into episode number 14 of the Motown Rundown. Your home for all things sports in the city of Detroit. Per usual, I am your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, joined by my friends, Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins. Gentlemen, how are you? Excellent. Excellent. I'm just kidding, I'm not, but I'm, I'm going to say it's okay. It's Today's okay. my birthday. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, so happy it's, birthday. It's, it's gonna, a good day. You ruined the, I was going to play the happy birthday song. Oh. Well, you ruined it. Can I do it right no, no, now? I, I don't need that. That's the thing. I don't need, that's why I kind of just want to say it at the beginning and you don't, put it to Not a birthday sleep. guy? Well, hold on, hold on. I got to play I, it now. I, I don't like being singled out. Hold on. There it is. You're welcome. Like, Don't say I never did anything for you. There's your happy birthday song. children's choir. I love it. Oh, that's all I could find on YouTube to avoid copyright issues. You don't like that's being great. singled out. Birthdays are fantastic. Well, yeah, they are. I, I just like to be low-key. I'm under the radar, Collins. Anyway, enough You're about you, Unbelievable. Yeah, no yeah, one unbelievable. Luke Sloan is here. Yes. Luke is a uh, is a new guest here to the Motown Rundown. Uh, welcome to the, to the Shark Tank. Ryan, thanks for having me, guys. Trent, happy birthday! You better, uh, you, you better uh, buckle up over there. The shark for, uh, I, We need it because we use that as a nickname, or is that like a copyright thing too? I, I, <laughs> oh, I think we're two I for say two we today. Use it. The Whatever. Shark I'm not even. What? I'm not even concerned about that. Anyways, coming to you always per usual from the Impact 89 FM studios in East Lansing, Michigan. Again, Trent, happy birthday to you! Thank you very much. Kicking off the show with the Motor City Minute, America's favorite segment. Pistons follow the Hornets on Sunday, 113 to 103, 23 points for Andre Drummond and Reggie Bullock. They will travel north of the border to take on the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And guys, guess what? We still have a hockey team in Detroit, and we have to talk wings because Collins didn't even know this, which is phenomenal for the show, isn't it? Collins has no idea how great the wings are doing right now. Maybe win more and I'll watch more. They have won six out of the last seven games. Their most recent win coming in a shootout over the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday, 4-3. to Jonathan Bernier, 49 saves, out of control. Dylan Larkin, bright spot for the team, obviously finally emerging, is the true centerpiece of the team if it wasn't clear before, 17 points and 7 goals on the year. He's just simply playing great hockey. And I guess my question to you guys now is, does this mean the Red Wings will actually compete this year or is this just a flash in the pan? Uh, I'd probably say it's a flash in the pan. I mean, they're, they're, they have talent on this team. Mantha Larkin, and they, I mean, they're so banged up early in the year, they didn't have like any of their defensemen. They had a bunch of guys from Grand Rapids up. I, I mean... I would say it's a flash in the pan. I think they would be more competitive this year than they were early season, but I don't see them climbing out of the cellar of the division. Um, you know, I it depends how you define compete because I think I think they they're going to take a step from last year, and I said that before the year even started, and they are looking pretty good. Um, but and no, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But like they're they're at least watchable. You know, six out of seven that's pretty good. That's a that's the headline in in Detroit right now. So, um. Yeah, I think the only way up is up. They're just going to keep continuing to build momentum. I don't know if they'll keep they'll stay this hot, but they're watchable. Yeah, I mean, I can't see this team contending for a playoff spot. I mean, they've had three wins in a row, but they've all been come from behind wins. I mean, that's not really something they're going to be able to keep up. But it is a more exciting team to watch than last year. They have some young talent on the roster that they're starting to develop. Like you said, Larkin, he's you know he had he had a letdown year last year in my opinion, but this year he's really kind of stepped into a big role. Personally, I wish they would have made him the captain going into this year. That was a move I was very disappointed about. But, you know, you talk about Larkin, Mantha, Bertuzzi, Athanasiu, even like Michael Rasmussen or Chalowski. You know, there's a lot of young guns on this team that are that are fun to watch. You would want Larkin to have the captain right after Z kind of goes through medical stuff, though? You, you think so? Yeah, I, I mean, 
he was definitely someone who I'd look at as the the main young centerpiece of this team. He's a Michigan kid. He's you know a center iceman if that means anything. And you know he's led he, so far this year. He's led by example on the ice. I think it was a, simply a mistake to not make him the true leader in the locker room too. I think he'll be the captain. I just think they're just holding off for a year. Maybe respect for Zetterberg and. And I didn't think they expected Zetterberg to retire the way he did. I think they knew he had back issues, but I think they thought maybe he takes six months off and maybe can get back on the ice. But I didn't think they expected that. So I don't think they're not. And be, in any other sport, hey, Larkin's the captain. Hockey, it's a big deal to have the C on that sweater. I think the biggest thing for this year, honestly, is just building confidence. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think the team is making the playoffs, but... I mean, I expect to see spurts like this where they string together some wins, and I mean, the losses will be plentiful, but I mean, they, they still need to find a way to win in regulation. They're so, so often are they going into overtime, going into shootouts, and not only does it feels that, like the last five years it's been oh, that exactly, way. and not only does it kill, kill your legs on your own team, but I, I mean, you're giving away points to other teams, and that's, that's just been the story. So, you know, I think the expectation coming into this year, and we've talked about it to no end, is just that. There's there's not a lot of expectation as far as making the playoffs. You kind of know what you're getting, and the team's young, man. I mean, they're fun to watch, and I, I guess that that begs the question too. And and Trent asked about it today. Was I, I mean, who who is the best team in Detroit right now? And, and looking looking at where each of these teams between the Pistons, Lions, Tigers, and Wings, where they're going to be a year from now. I mean, what is what is the best team we're looking at? And I'm not even just saying from a standpoint of, of you know, who's doing it right. Because in my opinion, the only team doing it right is the Tigers. I mean, look at the Pistons. In, in my eyes, I guess I'll kick it off for this for this question. I think the Red Wings. To, to the short answer is the Red Wings are the best team right now. And as I started to say with the Tigers, they're rebuilding. They're doing it right. But if you're looking at teams, if you're looking for a team that's going to keep you interested in who's going to play good good ball, it's not the Tigers. I don't expect the Tigers to be good next year. They're not going to compete for a playoff spot. The Lions seem to get worse every week, and we'll definitely <laughs> be able to touch on that uh, for the majority of the show, and I know we're all fired up for that. The Pistons are stagnant. I mean, they're going to be in the same spot next year as they are this year. They're not going to get any better because they don't have any assets or draft picks to make them better. And this is who they are. They have some bad contracts. The Red Wings are young. They're fast. They're exciting. You have legit players like Larkin, Mantha, Chalowski. They're trending upwards. And I think a year from now, as I said, you know the the Tigers will be at the bottom of the AL Central. The Pistons are going to be in the same spot. The Lions will be better, I think, but the middle of the pack. And I genuinely think next year the line or the Red Wings, excuse me, will be knocking on the door for a playoff spot. Um, uh, call me crazy. I think the Lions have the quickest fix just because I think that the offensive line is the biggest problem. We'll talk about that later. But right now the hottest team is without a doubt the Red Wings. Uh, and then for just in terms of best team, like at, at the end of the season, where do I think they're all going to end up? I, I'm not going to overreact. I think the Pistons will probably end up with the best. Like I, th- I, th- I realistically could see the Pistons advancing to the second round if they get some things right, maybe make a trade at the trade deadline for another good piece. You know, you, you never know, but the Tigers like you said Ryan, they're definitely doing it right and it just it just it, to me it, it's like the Lions have the quickest fix, so they in a year from now they could be the best team in Detroit. But like as we sit here today on November 12, 2018, I'm going to say the Pistons are the best team in the Motor City. 
I would agree with you. I think the Pistons are definitely the best. I think they're the only playoff team out of the four. Yeah, I th- no doubt. I think yeah. they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're currently in the playoffs right now. But um, when you look at it, I think the Red Wings are probably the most uncertain. I In a year, I don't know who. Maybe Blashill's gone. Do they go after Quinville? Is Iserman back in the front office? I think there's a lot of uncertainty with the Red Wings. Like they, I mean, the last 25 years, most certain franchise ever. You have the same GM. You have the same... Great coaches for 25 years. You have Bowman, you have Babcock, and now there's a little bit more uncertainty with that franchise. And I would agree, I, the Tigers are building it up the right way. And I wouldn't say the Tigers are going to be on the seller of the AL Central because it's just the worst division in baseball year in and year out. And they got a lot of young pitching coming up. So I, I, I think the most seem to be, I was excited watching the Tigers this year. I, I, you see young players get opportunities. I'm excited by that. And that's what you're seeing with the Red Wings right now. And when you look at the Lions, I, I, I literally don't understand how they go from here. I, you get a new coach and you get worse. Ha, ha. <laughs> don't worry. We'll get into yeah, it. I, I promise I, you we'll get, yeah. we'll get into it. So I, I understand your frustration yeah. with that one. But from a year from now, I, I would expect the Pistons to be the sixth seed in the East, just like they're going to be this year. Mm-hmm. So they are tap-tied, and they're probably not building it up the right way, but that is the thing that's going to be from the next three years. When Griffin and Drummond are both still kind of in their prime, they're going to be a playoff team because they're just going to beat up on bad teams in the East. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you guys. You know, when you think about the four teams in Detroit, you have those Red Wings, and, you know, this year is definitely going to be a building year. The young talent, uh, you know, on the in the NHL right now is going to have growing pains. They're going to have struggles, you know, mental errors. We've seen that already. They've put a little stretch together right now, but that should come back, and, you know, injuries are, will also be a thing, as they always are for the Red Wings. When you think of the Lions – you know, easily, I considered them the best team in Detroit going into this year. Matt, Patricia, you know, you bring back Matthew Stafford, probably the best athlete in Detroit. That's an argument we can have later. Yeah, that's that's. A uh, hang on. I'm with you. I'm with you. Pull the I'm reins back, Collins. Pull the reins back. So, you know, going into this year, I think good leadership at the top. He'll work with the defense. Stafford will make things happen on offense, but that has just not been the case this year, and I really have no idea what their direction is. Like Brian said, that's a story for, you know, a little while from now. But then you talk about the Pistons, you know, Stan Van made some big time personnel mistakes, giving the money to Reggie Jackson, giving the money to John Lure, who is the best dude on the bench, you know, in the back of the bench, hyping the rest of the guys up. That was definitely a mistake. But and then you look at the Tigers, you know, they're rebuilding. They're doing a good job. I'm super excited about the starting pitching. They're stocking up. But, you know, when you when, when it comes down to it, I think the Pistons have a chance to be like a, a six or a seven seed. They're going to beat up on teams like the Nets or the Magic. And, you know, they'll ha- they have enough talent to make the playoffs. And I think Dwayne Casey's been a stabilizing force. Quick, quick sidebar. Si- John Luer started at the end of the year. He, how can he be this useless? I literally yeah. don't understand He, he is dead weight, like both, he, both literally and figuratively. Like like his <laughs> con- oh. I understand his contract's bad, but he's not that bad. Like, he contributed on Memphis, and he, and in Phoenix, you saw him be able to be productive in the minutes. I, do, I find it so hard to believe that they cannot give him minutes and find some production out of him, even though they're completely overpaying him, obviously. But, like, is he that garbage? Not, not to call a guy out here, but, like, John, maybe, you know, Dwayne Casey's, a, by all means, is like, in basketball, he's a genius in basketball. Like, I, I, w- I would think 
that there must be more to it than we can see. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how hard John Lore works. I don't know how bad I he mean, wants he was it. Up, you know what I mean? Yeah, he had a lot yeah, of injury like, problems. And, yeah. you, and you're playing on a team with with Griff. Blake plays like 40 minutes a game. Like he plays it's a the joke. whole that, game. That's going to be an and, issue. It's going to yeah, be an I, issue. And, very and Glenn quickly. Robinson's been getting more minutes. So like it, it's just what what Lore brings to the table is shooting, right? And you've got guys on the floor who can shoot better. Like Langston Galloway's a better shooter. But would you rather have your boy Zaza in? No, I would. John Lore. Excellent question. Absolutely not. Trent You're does exa- not like. No, Zaza I do not. I thought I thought Don't. you liked him. Now I, he he came around a little bit, and he still is. I I just I can't forgive him for hurting Kawhi Leonard and ruining that season for me. Absolutely ruining. Even though, wait, was that 2016? Yeah. So LeBron won the. T- Never mind. Never sure. mind. We're good. Sure. Okay. LeBron sucks anyway. Okay. Either move way, on, move on. Pistons. Pistons are at, sitting at six and six right now. No Pistons talk this week. We will get to it next week for sure. Um. Couple questions today that I think are you know we should we should mull over and and and, and wet the beak a little bit every wet now and the then beak. as we uh, as we delve into the the city of Detroit for for years to come. Unfortunately, we no longer can talk about you know who's the best team in Detroit because we got to talk about probably the worst team in Detroit in my eyes, and that is your Detroit Football Lions. Woo! Lions losing to the Bears at Soldier Field on Sunday, thirty-four to twenty-two. Some. Sexy game stats for you. Matthew Stafford, 25 for 42 through the air, 274 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. on Johnson, 14 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Galladay, six grabs for 78 yards and a touchdown. Now, every week when I type out my show prep, I, you know, I try to stay positive. I'm having a great day today. I really am. It's great to see you guys. I don't want to have to come on here every Monday and scream and raise my blood pressure and go borderline aneurysm on it's you guys. It's Trent's birthday, too. Exactly. And it's Trent's birthday, Listen, so I, I, I would just, like to remain calm. All I wanted was a victory Monday. That's really I know, all I wanted. I know that's all you wanted, <laughs> I, I didn't And I'm get that. sorry they can't give it to Last you. Last year, I got the Browns win on my birthday. Really? It was a Sunday, so that was sweet, even though they almost blew that game. But it's okay. I just wanted a victory Monday today. It would have felt so good. So I know. John Kaiser just trying to QB sneak it with two seconds left in the yeah. first half. Legendary. That was an unbelievable. Unbelievable play. I'm it was sorry. just so another side it team. Was so so anyway, Browns. anyway, we, we come back to the Lions here, and as you know, I, I told you guys, you guys are all very aware of how I feel because I texted you guys about an hour before the show as I was continuing to type out my notes, and just like the last two weeks, I started shaking with anger because God, I wish Matt Patricia was in this room and I could say this all to his face. But for the first time on the show. I'm going to go last because I have a lot to say. Here's how we're running this thing. And if you don't obey, you'll be put in timeout or no hey, candy for a week, whatever. This is your, the Motown rundown is your baby, right? So this you, is this is your damn right. So this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is what we're doing. You're damn right. Everyone's getting a chance to talk. We're going to have our little roundtable discussion per usual. No interruptions. You say your piece and you move on to the next guy. We, if we need to get a talk, we, we need the talking box of Kleenex here I have. Whatever. Well, go ahead, Collins. Already with the this guy, of course. Of course, this guy. He didn't raise his hand. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Okay. If Trent says they're making the playoffs, I'm interrupting. Yeah, that's grounds for interruption. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm not gonna say that, but I'm also gonna say I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my weekly don't give up speech. You can do that. You can can do that. But everyone's gonna get their turn to talk. Give me your spiel on the game. I'll give mine, which will probably go on for a solid half hour. And then I have one one tidbit that I saw in the media today, and I was listening to the to the radio, 97 on the ticket, Mike Valeni, love the guy to death, 
really pissed me off today. And we'll get to that after our initial game thought. So, Luke, you're our guest. I'm sorry, Trent's the birthday boy, but I need the optimism to go before I tear everyone down and make them feel horrible again. So, Luke, go ahead. By all means, let's hear it. You talk about this optimism, but I don't know, Ryan. It it was a rough week, and, you know, I'll hop in my soapbox here. Uh, you know, Ryan Rabinowitz uh, special right there. Hop yes, my soap yeah, I'm, gonna hop, I'm gonna hop on that soapbox. I'm gonna take over, but you know, kind of like Ryan, when I was writing down my notes for this, I couldn't type fast enough, and it's gonna be a little bit random, but it's getting extremely old. And I think personally, it starts with the quarterback and Matthew Stafford. He sits in the pocket these days, and he clearly does not have that safety net anymore that he had in Golden Tate. Now you. You ask about the sacks and why they've increased so much in the Vikings game, and they decreased a little bit, yay, in this Bears game. (laughs) But he does not have that safety net in Golden Tate anymore that he can just dump the ball off to and release. And he gets out out of trouble. That's been a big problem the last couple days. He's held onto the ball too long. And, you know, like I say, it starts with the quarterback. You know, this Jim Bob Cooter offense is is a high school offense. I went to Celine High School. I'll drop that. You know, I'm going to name drop kind the Celine Hornets. They are in the Final Four right now. They have a big spread up-tempo offense. The Celine High School Hornets football offense is more complex than this Jim Bob Cooter offense. I watch teams like the Rams, the Saints, and even the Bears this Sunday, and they run up-tempo, creative so many different fun things that I wish the Lions would do. And it just makes me so angry because for years we'd you know play someone like a John Fox Bears and I'd say, oh, at least they're not as creative as us. But now Matt Nagy comes in here and all of a sudden we see defensive players on offense and pitches to tight ends in the red zone. I'm going crazy, especially on our offense when you look at the personnel we have and it's and how it's not being utilized, how LeGarrette Blunt isn't used in, in short down situations like he's on this football team for, you know, handoffs to fullbacks. That is just absolutely ridiculous. And then if you hop on the defensive side of the ball, Matt Patricia was brought in here to be that defensive guru and take players that are underrated and make them into stars just like he did with the Patriots, like Kyle Van Noy. We released him. He made him into a stud. That guy was garbage on the Lions. I know. Second round pick from BYU. I thought that was a steal for them, but he really blew it on that one. But he takes in, with the Patriots, he took those underrated guys, made them into stars, and that defense was great. He was creative with his blitzes. I don't even see the Lions blitz these days. If you ask my opinion, Paul Pasqualoni, I think it's time for him to hang up the headset and Patricia to take over that defense because this is his specialty. This is what he was brought here to do. It's about time he takes some responsibility, takes the headset away from him, and you know, puts his big boy pants on here and does his job. He's a defensive guy. Our defensive backs, I'll use a baseball term, they were out in left field this week. I mean, we had Bears receivers, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. They were so wide open, I probably could have stood in the pocket and made passes to them. It was ridiculous. I felt like smashing my head against the wall. It was crazy. And then, of course, you know, I couldn't think the day gets any worse at all. I'm watching Levine Toilolo, and we didn't even have Wilson in this game. And Michael Roberts was banged up. Both the tight ends that were healthy were banged up. And then I'm watching some highlights at the end of the game. And Eric Ebron has a rushing touchdown and two receiving touchdowns for the Indianapolis Colts. Beast. They gave up awfully fast on him. You know, my theory is they expected to trade for Rob Gronkowski. We're not able to get that deal done. And before that, they bailed on Ebron. But, you know, it was a lot of trouble. I think the last thing I'll say is kind of a broad thing about the Lions organization. 
and you know what they stand for as a whole. You know, Patricia came out in front of the media today. He came out with the same things he always said. Oh, we need to get back to work and and dial it in. And I'm I'm honestly sick of it. Reporters constantly ask him specifics on what he can do to make this team better, and he doesn't give them any answers. He does not know, and because he doesn't give them any answers, in my opinion, he does not know how to fix this team. He is not in control of this team, and he's not in control of this situation. I mean, like, from the opener against the Jets to this game against the Bears, they'll pan to him on the sideline, and he'll just look lost. He looks like a lost puppy on the sidelines, and I think this is the man in charge of our football team? It's ridiculous. And then you want to go just a little bit after the game, you know, against the Vikings, you have Ashawn Robinson who didn't want to talk to the media. Deshaun Shedd didn't want to talk to the media. They can't even take the criticism internally anymore. You mentioned Mike Valeni, one of my personal favorites too. They they gave 97-1 an opportunity, either keep the Lions or keep Valeni because they couldn't stand the criticism. And of course, 97-1 kept Valeni, which was, you know, the right choice, but it it makes me sick. What I see on the field, what I see after the game, what I hear in the press conferences, it's ridiculous and I'm fed up with it. All I want right now is a win on Thanksgiving because that's a game that I'll sit down and watch the entire thing, eat my food. That's all I want right now is a win on Thanksgiving. You're going to get it. I'll get there. You're going to get it. Is that too much to ask for at this point? Absolutely want- not, and you're going to get it. I want the Lions to lose the rest of their games. Okay, Collins. all right. Well, here, hold on, hold on. We this is a democracy. I told, even though Collins kind of, kind of. Blew it with while Luke was talking, but we're they gonna were get nice comments. I know, which is a, which is a surprising change. But Luke, <laughs> we thank thank you for your input. We will get back to you. Hang tight. Awesome, Ryan Collins. Whatever you got to do, buddy. Let's I, do it. I mean, I don't know why you want want the Lions to win games at this point. They're not winning the division, and if they're not winning the division, they're not going to go on the road and somehow miraculously win a wild card game. You might as well get the best pick you can possibly get. I understand you want to get don't get embarrassed on Thanksgiving. Guess what? It's happened a million times in my life. I I can deal with it. My stuffing's good enough. But I mean, when I looked at the like the performances the last three weeks, how like they don't show up in the first half. It's a joke. I mean, and it's that's got to be on the coaches. And John, I mean, Ryan's been on this soapbox for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, good use of the word. And uh, I mean, Cooter's got to be gone. And I think he will be gone. I think he's. I think he's Patricia's safety net where he gets a free pass because, hey, this isn't really my coordinator. He was Stafford like this guy. Now we're going to bring in my guy. But, I mean, they're getting so out-steamed on offense. It's a joke. And they always abandon the run really early in a game, and I never really understand it because you really, like, you watch the game and you're like, they got some push. They, I mean, when carry-ons in the game, they get three or four yards almost every time he touches the football. It makes zero sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. And my last thing I'm going to say is Matt Stafford is this regress this year. He really has. I mean, he does he's, he's having a worse year he's had since 2011, for sure. And, I mean, I think of moments in the third quarter, second and five, and he gets out of the pocket, and he's got room to run, a lot of room to run, and he decides to lob it upfield to nobody in particular. I And... You can't. I've never been a Stafford's an elite guy, but Stafford would make that play the last three out of four years. I, I'm not saying his this regression. Maybe this regression is to Patricia. I I don't understand how you get worse from the mediocrity that they experience under Jim Caldwell. Like it's unbelievable to me. And Terrell Olson just got let go by the Bengals. And as you said, old man Rivers, the coordinator for the Lions. I mean, it's unbelievable that. 
the Boston College defensive line coach got a defensive coordinator job in the NFL. If you really think about it and just like look in your brain, you're just like, what? what? In what world does that make any sense? But I think the real question is, guys, who's that the worst coordinator? Michigan State and Dave Warner or Detroit Lions and Jim Bob Cooter? It's a very fair question. That is a compelling argument. And it's unfortunate that both the teams I root for in football have the two worst offensive coordinators in the nation, which is dead last and second to last, but... It's definitely Dave Warner. Dave Warner is atrocious. That's fair. That's atrocious. Well, that, so I just had to. Will that conclude your uh, soapbox speech there, Collins? For now, at least for now. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not really too fired up. I got fired up a couple times. Yeah. I was fired up when Deshaun Shad just got absolutely abused by Allen Robinson. <laughs> okay. And other than that, I was just like, you know what? This team sucks anyway. I might as well just watch another game. All right. So now we turn to the birthday boy, Mr. Trent Bailey. Let's, Trent let's looked like it. he was about to throw a chair at me when oh, I said I, I hope they lose every other game. That's usually what happens when, when you two start going at it. But Trent, let's hear it, buddy. Um. So yet again, terrible loss. Um. Things aren't looking good for this team. But me being me, I got some things to say, so we'll get there. I'm going to address the negatives first like I did. I want to preface everything. You guys, don't don't shoot me. Darius Slade didn't play, so oh, let's not overreact, I, okay? That's a top-five corner in the league. He's our best player on defense, and he wasn't there. I think that's a pretty big deal. So let me start with a secondary because I started with them last week. I love the secondary. My favorite, favorite part of this team. So I'll get into Stafford and the offensive later, but – I think this defense is the problem. I think the defense is the problem for this team. I really do. And I just, if I want, if I want Paul Pascaloni to listen to one thing, I want him to stop playing T's Tabor. And I'm not going to give you the same spiel I gave last last week, but like somehow after 64% of snaps against Seattle, and he was atrocious, four for four with a touchdown, and then 29% of snaps against the Vikings, like they cut his playing time down, and he was even worse in that game with less playing time. Then he goes back up to 35% against the Bears. Like, I understand maybe you're running thin at corner, but, like, throw someone else out there. Do something. And, like, Slay wasn't playing, so asterisk there, whatever. But just Tabor stinks. Lawson is just not great either. Um, I don't think he's nearly as bad as Tease, but he's especially with Slay out this week, like, I don't think it's fair to put things on Lawson because he was responsible for a lot of tough covers, but he's still average at best. He's I mean, not... Tease didn't even see the field of that that last week. I mean, I yeah. all the criticism looked like it that finally got to the coaching staff. Yeah, but... it's, it's rough. It's just that the secondary is just not – like overall, I think Darius Slay's absence was huge because we struggle without him. He's a top-five corner in the game. He's the defensive leader along with Snacks Harrison now, so it's just like they just looked lost out there. I, and in and, and Deshaun Shedd's defense, I think – that Mitchell Trubisky got so lucky with that throw. I, there, you can't. There's no way he was trying. He was trying to lead Allen Robinson. He he underthrew that ball and Shed didn't look, and it fell right into Allen Robinson's lap. But whatever. That's just you're you're right. That's just a, you win some, you lose some. That was a terrible, unlucky play. And I don't even know what was that. The third touchdown for the Bears that, that put us in the dirt, basically. Second, I believe, yeah, the second. Second. Um, so now I want to talk about the front seven because um, Snacks Harrison, yet again, led the team in tackles. Uh, well, he tied with Davis, but they, like we're 0-3 with Snacks. I do want to bring that up. I don't think that has anything to do with him. He's been great. He's done everything that we brought him here to do. He's the best run stopper in the NFL, and he's remained that, and he's not slowing down. Um, he's led the Lions in tackles in all three of his games here. I think Jared Davis played pretty well. I know you guys don't like him, but the Bears' run game was non-existent yesterday. It's kind of ironic how... The Lions have the worst run defense in the league, and yesterday against a guy like Jordan Howard, who's like 
pretty good. Uh, they hold him to I think he had 21 yards or something like that. Like the the Bears combined the Bears running backs combined for 35 yards. Like that that's pretty impressive to me. That's pretty impressive. Um, uh, Deshaun Hand, I thought that was a safety uh, in the end zone. I think it was. But, I agree. And and at that point, like things were getting a little interesting too. Like the game, it it had taken such a swing that like if you get a call like that, it fires up the team. You know, that's a momentum shifter. There was still like eight minutes left. You'd be down ten. Like. There's things to think about, but no, whatever. Detroit versus everybody, I'll leave it at that. Um, I, I, I don't think the front four is the problem. I think the linebacking core needs to get a little, be- little bit better, but the front four has decent depth and youth. Like Snacks Harrison, I already talked about him, best best run stopper in the game. He's playing at an elite level. Ashawn and Deshaun Han have lots of potential, especially together. I think they can build some chemistry together. They were teammates at Bama. They're teammates now. Ziggy is Ziggy when he's healthy. Like, do what you want. I trust Bob Quinn. He'll make the right decision. But, like, if, and it is a huge if, I realize that. If Ziggy's healthy, he's Ziggy. He's one of the most, you know, like, his presence alone is is fearsome to offensive linemen and quarterbacks, even if he's not at 100%. And he intimidates. He, inti- he He's just an intimidator, and he's, his, he's great. I love Romeo Aquara. You guys know how high I've been on him. I think he was a great pickup, especially sliding him in for Zettel. And I liked Zettel, but I think Aquara is an upgrade there. And Ricky Jean-Francois is a great veteran leader. Um, I just I don't think the front four is the problem. The linebacking core needs some work. Um, Jared Davis will only get better. Devon Kennard, I like him. He's, a, he's, an, he's an above-average linebacker, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting some kickback from Ryan on this, but following the um, round table rules, I guess I'll just keep going here. Um, on offense, <laughs> um, I want to talk about the skill players. Carry on Johnson doesn't get the workload he deserves. Like, pour it on. He can handle it. Like, Jim Bob Cooter, I'll talk about you in a second. When your ass is fired, like, we, like, cause this is a young, ambitious guy who wants the ball. He, it's not like he's just out there, like, going through the motions. Like, he wants the ball. Hand your boy the ball. He can handle it. He played in the SEC. And oh, by the way, he was the 2017 SEC Player of the Year. Like, that's a pretty prestigious award. And, like, say what you want, but when it's all said and done, I think Carrion Johnson will be better than Saquon Barkley. I think, I, I, I don't think it will be close, in my opinion. Maybe that's a hot take. But, very with, with hot the, take. The situation that Saquon's in in New York, and, like, say what you want about Detroit, but I think Carrion Johnson will end up with a better career than Saquon Barkley. Maybe that's just my opinion. But, Marvin Jones, I absolutely love him. I'm so high on Marvin Jones. I think he'll continue to step up. He's still settling into that number one role, but I, I think that's a piece that you can hang on to and use next year. Kenny Galladay, besides carry on, probably has the most potential on this entire roster. He's 6'4", 213, great hands, great athleticism. He's a very tough cover. Like He was just embarrassing Kyle Fuller yesterday, and it was pretty fun to watch. I think he needs to get the ball more. Like Garrett Blunt's doing what he needs to do. I feel bad for him because on the stat sheet it looks terrible. But like power backs rely heavily on the offensive line, and ours just happens to suck. And I'll go to that next. So this line sucks. And and like maybe it's just the inconsistency because there are young pieces here that I think can be good. Like I agree with Collins. What Collins has been saying for a couple weeks, Ragnow needs to move to center because Glasgow can play guard. Just like make the switch. I understand that there's the side of like Stafford and Glasgow of chemistry, but like make something's got to give, you know, like something's got to switch. Maybe that that's something. That's a little tweak that you can do. Do something. TJ Lang, I think he's a lost cause. It was it was fine. It he he did he did good when he was here. I think he's just got to go. He's injury prone. He's he's a little long in the tooth. 
I don't think he can stay healthy. And on the offensive line, you need guys that can stay healthy and that are going to be able to. You're going to rely on them for you know ninety percent of the snaps. So, moving on from that, Taylor Decker. I'm still going to give him some time because overall he's done much more good than bad as a lion. Um, Ricky Wagner's pretty bad. We've seen him do better. I like. I just. I just don't know what it is, guys. Like maybe they're just in a slump. But we need some guys who want to be here and want to work hard. So Bob Quinn, do what you got to do. Give someone a shot. Take a chance on somebody. Make this season worth some sort of progress because the offensive line is the biggest problem. And if they can fix that, we got a quarterback. And Ryan, you basically called it. You're going to talk about Stafford. So I got some stuff for Stafford. Maybe I'll save it. He had two picks yesterday. Um, I think the first one was blatant pass interference. That's just my opinion. Marvin Jones was shoved over, and then it, I don't even know who the Bears' corner was. He, I. Overall, I don't. I, and, the, and then that that second pick, Collins, it, it was it was pretty bad. But like he's just he's flinging it up. He's trying to get something going. It's just a bit. You're trying to take some. When you're doing that and you're in the hurry that of wasn't offense, a bad pick. it was basically a punt. Yeah. Well, when you yeah. So like when you're trying to take shots downfield, like that that is understandable because yeah, pinned them deep and it's just you, you're trying to get something going and mistakes like that are going to happen. Um, but his protection stinks. I just ripped the offensive line. Like I give all the credit in the world to Khalil Mack. I, I want you to save your Stafford stuff. So if you if okay, you, you no, can no, keep, I got, no, I got no. more stuff. Like, okay, yeah, because yeah. you keep going. Because I'm gonna need some some backup on the Stafford stuff later yeah. on. But you keep no, keep I, going. I, got, I, I got, apologize I got for it. violating my own. That's rules, okay. No, I, I got I got my quarterback rank. I got everything. Good. I got everything I for Stafford. Wait. I'm just talking about yesterday. Okay. I give Khalil Mack all the credit in the world. I think he's the best pass rusher in the game. But he blew up Levine Toilolo, and then he ran over Taylor. Like he put Taylor Decker on his ass. He put Taylor Decker right on the ground, and then he got Stafford from the blind side. We were lucky to hang on to that ball there. So, like, if if the, I don't care, I don't care if it's Lawrence Taylor. I don't care if it's Khalil Mack. I don't care if it's JJ Watt. Like, you can't be blowing through two guys in two seconds and sacking the quarterback. It's just it's it's inexcusable. So, and, and uh, like it's, it was just a terrible game for the offense all around yesterday. So, like, yeah, some of that falls on Stafford, some falls on the play. Most of it pl- falls on the play calling, I would say. He gets no protection, no run support, uh, which is a combination of Jim Bob Cooter's play calling and this atrocious offensive line play because we do have backs. So, Jim Bob Cooter, you have to go. Carryon Johnson only got 14 carries yesterday. I want to see some more targets to Marvin Jones. And before we kill Patricia, I just kind of want to see what he can do with his own offensive coordinator. When he chooses, because when he came here, Stafford, I'm, I'm sure this is how Stafford probably vouched for Jim Bob Cooter. He said, I like him. He's a good guy. He was my quarterback's coach. He's my offensive coordinator. But those days are over. Like, get him out of here, bro. Like, Matt Patricia will bring in a guy that he wants. And before we rip Patricia and say, like, Bad coach. Like, he's lost the team. Like, let's just chill. Let's let him get the guys he wants. And, yeah, you're right, Pascaloni might be out of here. I wouldn't mind seeing him go. So it's just, ugh. And then, and then Collins, one thing, last. this is my last thing. Okay. I want to address the draft because Collins says that he wants us to lose every game. And what's the point in winning if you're going to be too good to be too bad? And my thing is just, like, look at what the Lions need right now. What do you think the Lions need? Offensive line and secondary, right? Yes. Does anyone disagree? And or oh, oh get out of here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Offensive I'm kidding. line, secondary, <laughs> and probably someone on the defensive line or uh, an edge rusher, maybe. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so are those top ten picks? Like, be honest. Don't don't give me some BS. Like for real. Like, do you think you can get? I think you and uh, to get an elite edge rusher, you need a top ten. But pick. no, I, I think edge rusher's third on the list. 
I think you need offensive think, linemen and and secondary. I think I think we need to draft a corner. In I mean, my opinion, I I would agree with that. I mean, you need a second corner, but I think Ziggy is. I think he's gone after yeah. this year, and I think they don't want to pay him. And having an elite, pa- I mean, having an elite pass rusher improves the secondary. Yeah, yeah. it really does. I mean, and yeah. Ziggy when he's healthy, he can provide that, but he's yeah. never healthy. So, so it doesn't I'll, even I'll matter. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So yeah. like when Ziggy plays, but like, I, I guess is what I'm, what I'm saying but is why like, wouldn't you want, you why can, would you want to miss the playoffs and get the 12th pick? I just, I don't have any need for that. I would rather have be, because in my opinion, playoffs and maybe, get the five. Maybe this is just my opinion, especially with this class coming up. Like I think with the 12th pick, you can get a pretty, you can get a good corner. Like, so, so I just don't think you should throw this season in the trash because for one, like, and I'll talk about it later. It's never over till it's over. Do I think the Lions are making the playoffs? No. But Let's like, let Ryan talk. What Ryan said it, Todd. No, would go ahead, it go really ahead, go surprise ahead. me if the Lions did win? Like, <laughs> how many games we got left? What Too are we? Many. Three and five. We got we got eight games left, right? Yes. No, we're three and six. We got seven games left. If they go six sure. and one, will I be surprised? No, because this team's talented and they're they have personnel and like Stafford is having an off year. What if he turns it around just like Thanksgiving, four touchdowns like he did two years ago? Like, I I don't know, like. That kind of stuff wouldn't surprise me. So, like, don't just throw, don't just trash the season because you can get what you need in the draft in that middle of the first round. So, like, use this, build some, like, like try to teach this youth what it's like to win. Help them build some momentum going into next year. Get the pieces you want. Get them out there. Get them, get them some more snaps. And just like you can, you can progress even if you're mathematically out of the playoffs, which the Lions are not. But. In my opinion, I don't think this season's in the. I don't think it's garbage, not yet, at least. All right, that that's all I got, Ryan. Wow, guys, interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, for me, this game, it's the same old crap that we've seen for the last handful of weeks. I'll start with the offense because the offense was mediocre. Here's another week where your offensive line's below average. Six sacks. Matt Stafford, by the way, looks like he's feeling pressure from ghosts. Like what he like <laughs> with how uncomfortable he looks in the pocket. He knows it's one Mississippi, two Mississippi. I'm picking grass out of my face mask. That's how he has to play. So, the, and 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 as far as the running game goes with the O line, they don't get a push up front. There's no holes for Carryon Johnson to run through ever. Which is why, as I said last week, when Carryon gets. I think this like 15.6 carries per game. They win, and when he gets his like eight in their losses, like that's that's just the way it goes. So he got 14, but for as talented as he is, he's not able to run the ball because the O line's not not good at all. And, and granted, Stafford was not exceptional, made a few bad decisions that still should not be made in year 10. But here's where it comes back to the offense, Jim Bob Cooter bringing you the blandest, most predictable offense in the National Football League. There's no creativity. It's the fakest commitment to the run. Nick Ballore getting handoffs, guys. Really? Come on. Seriously? <laughs> LeGarrette Blunt with, and to Luke, your point of you wanting to see him more in short yardage, six carries for four yards. Six carries for four yards. Put me out there. I give you six carries for five yards. Your 40 might be better, too. Guaranteed. Out of control. Why don't you cut his ass? 
Instead of cutting Amir Abdullah, who actually has speed and can move, and you can use him for screen passes, you can use him in the slot, they never gave him a fair shake, watch him go somewhere else and be something, just like Ebron, because that's what the organization does. Nope, let's bring back Zach Zenner. Oh, eat your heart out. Zach Zenner, really? That's who we're bringing back? That's that's my gripe with the offense. I, it, it's so The list is so freaking long, guys. But it all comes down to your offensive coordinator. And I'll get to Stafford because I had a real epiphany this week watching that game. But let me move on to the defense because the defense was abysmal. Look that word up. I want everyone to look the word up, what abysmal means right now. And I want you to understand what I'm saying when I say the defense was abysmal. I don't even have time in this game. This is factual. This is what happened to me on Sunday. I can't even grab a bag of potato chips and sit back on the couch to scratch my rear end before the Chicago Bears are on the board. That's how that's how your team wants to come out in Chicago in a divisional game when you're knocking on the door for the playoffs. That's how you come out. I've been watching football for, I'm 20 years old. I'm going to say I've been watching football intelligently for, I don't know, 16, who knows. I've been watching football for a very long time, guys. Trent, you're 19. You're a young gun, so you don't have the experience (laughs) that I got the year on you. I have never seen a collective group of players so ill-prepared, so lackluster in their effort, and so unorganized in my life. Mitch Trubisky looked like John Elway on Sunday. 23 for 30, 355 yards and three touchdowns. Remember when I when I said the Lions had six sacks this week, which was a big improvement from 10 last week. The Bears allowed one. Granted, like you said, Trent, the, the, the run D was actually solid, which goes, again, to show how great Damon Harrison is, even though he came out today after the game. But, but he said he wasn't great on Sunday. But the pass defense was physically to my core painful to watch it, it has been for the past three weeks I exactly just, yeah, yeah. I, I i'm watching guys catch balls and there's no defender within five yards go back and watch the touchdowns i'm gonna break down the t- i want you three to go back and watch the touchdowns i want everyone on facebook live right now to watch the touchdowns everyone listening go watch the touchdowns third touchdown anthony miller is wide open glover yeah. quinn misses a tackle he walks into the end zone Fifth touchdown, Allen Robinson catches the ball in stride. He could have gotten on his hands and knees and crawled into the end zone like a toddler with poop in his diaper. That's how far away the coverage was on that play. Then they go for two, and Trey Burton was like in Narnia by himself in the corner of the end zone. And even Deshaun Shedd said after the game, on the second touchdown, which you guys mentioned, the Allen Robinson touchdown, he goes, it was the wrong coverage on the play. No safety help over the top. It was the wrong coverage on the play. So you have defensive backs yelling at each other and fighting on national television, which is so Lions, by the way, the only team in the league where that, that's like what gets caught on TV. And my Lord, can you rush more than your front four one time? Yeah. Just once for me. One time. It's Mitchell Trubisky. I, I you like, have a get young some pressure on him. You have a young quarterback who has proven nothing to me in this league, and you're gonna let him stand in the pocket and pitch a tent all day long. All day long. Rush more than four. That's not hard to figure out. That's logical thinking for a rookie quarterback. Especially when he comes out torching you. Yes. Yep. You rush more than four. Very few teams rush for and get pressure, and your team sure as hell ain't one of them. 
blitz somebody. Now, we move on to the coaching. As I'm about to have an aneurysm, and I hope this is entertaining for the face, but this is genuine is how I feel. I do it every week. I'm sick of it. I don't want to say I hate my life, but it's very hard to live the way I live. The coaching. What the hell do you do in practice all week? I have never seen a team come out with such little intensity, so ill-prepared, and so unenthusiastic. You're playing the Bears. You're not playing the Patriots again. You're not playing the Rams. You will in two weeks, and you're not playing the Chiefs. 26-7 to at half. Wow. What's what's the message in the room then, coach? Huh? Uh do you do you guys do they even watch film? Like are are these guys aware of who they play each week? I I, I will never sympathize with a team that plays with such little effort like they did on Sunday. That's embarrassing to the team, the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, the players' families, and most importantly me, who's too brain dead to not wear my freaking lion shirt every Sunday. There's no need to even talk about football if you're going to come out that flat and be that lost to where you can't even compete in a football game. The first telltale sign, fourth and whatever, 55-yard field goal with your kicker, who looks like he hasn't eaten a salad in a decade, but damn, he's got a good leg. You call timeout so you can stand on the sidelines for another 30 seconds there are another 30 seconds, eat your boogers, decide what you want to do, and then you throw the punt team out. That was incredible. Here's my here's my 20-year-old analysis who stopped playing football in sixth grade. You kick the field goal. If you miss, the Bears have the ball on their side of the field. If you make it, you got three. You go for it. If you get it, you get the first. If not, you're in the same spot as a missed field goal, or hell, you get seven more yards down the field to push him back. But then you find out... After the game, you know why they called the timeout? They had 10 guys on the field. That's why Jim Caldwell was fired. For little crap like that, that's inexcusable. You burn a timeout because you got 10. That's Little League. Little League crap. And I I, I sit here week after week, and, I'm, and something's got to give. And like Trent said, I will never give up on this team. I will never stop watching because I'm too stupid to stop watching. I love the Lions. And if you're going to sit here and bow out right now, and, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. This team has, has put everyone through enough crap to where you can say whatever you want about this team. It's absolutely fair. But... If you're going to bow out now, when the team finally gets it together, you don't get to buy a Super Bowl shirt. You don't get to buy a Super Bowl hat. You don't get to go to the damn parade. That's my parade. My parade. I put the time in. That is that is my parade. That is my gripe with this team and for this game. And if anyone else has a rebuttal, I'd love to hear it before I get into my last piece. Go ahead, Trent. I just want to add one thing about the last thing you said because this gets me so fired up. And I almost changed my Instagram bio to this. I know that's such a 21st century thing to say. But there will come a day when it is me and my circle of Lions fans against everybody. And when that day comes, you're either riding with us or you're getting rolled on, and you don't get to come late to the party because you haven't sat through it and experienced it. Like, even if you're negative, stick with the team. Don't give up. That's all I got to say. I still root for this team, but they've given me. No, a I know. Z- I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I understand. That was not I, a subliminal yeah, shot yeah. at Collins. I, I sound kind of sounded like it, guys. Not gonna <laughs> lie, but um. I still root for the team, and I still, every week, I got my Stafford jersey on. Mm-hmm. But 
They've given you zero reason in your whole life that they're ever going to get it together. Like, but that's ever. why it hurts, and they will. No, no, and but, when like, they do, it's going to be us against the world. Is all I'm saying. Like, I understand that, but why can't I be negative about it? Why can't I voice no, no, you my can't. Di- no, no. Why yeah. get why? What is the point of them going out in seven and nine this year? There's zero point. We become a better football team if we get a higher pick in the draft but, this year. But what do you like? What do you want I them want, to do? Like go out not, and like play me and Trent out no, there? I so don't the understand. Thing is, that's the thing losing is, thing. Let, let me just say this real thing. quick. The motions are going to get the best of me on Sunday. I'm going to be rooting for the Lions every single Sunday. But if they lose, it's kind of like eh. It's not that bad. It's like this week, Michigan State. I wanted them to beat Ohio State because hey, you get to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. But hey. Ohio State won, so they can block Michigan from the Big Ten Championship game. It's kind of a win-win situation that I'm going to be looking at these Sundays. Because if they lose, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe we get uh, an Oliver. Maybe we get some stud that could help us next year when we actually have a team that could possibly contend for the division, which this team has no shot of doing this year. None. This year. This And, and, like, uh, and I know. Next year, next year, next year. Next, we get so tired of hearing that. And I'll like bash my head into the wall and I'll keep saying this, but like it's never over till it's over. And until it's over, till you're mathematically out of it, then I will listen to the like lose on purpose, even though I don't support that whatsoever. But like I would at least listen to it. Like though if you look at what the Lions have right now, they have themselves a three and six record. Am I do I think they're gonna go seven and oh? No. But ten and six would make the playoffs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, unless you're mathematically knocked on the ground and you're done, and you have no quarterback. Like the Bills released Nathan Peterman today because they suck and they're done. Like they're giving up on their season. The Detroit Lions have talent. They have like a new coach. Like there's there's little things that you can look at and you can sort of hit your wagon to and say like this season could be something. Like these losses are bad, but the Lions still made that game competitive yesterday. The only problem with this is I think institutionally they've already kind of given up. They traded Golden Tate for a third round pick building towards next year. I mean, it it, it kind of sounds sad. Like Colin said, I'm going to root for him every Sunday and wear my Lions gear and be stupid and let my emotions go crazy every week. But there is nothing more that I want to see than a stud pass rusher, top five pick, Ed Oliver, anybody from Clemson, something like that. Because like he's like Colin said, seven and nine, eight and eight, missing out on the playoffs is not going to do it for me. That's why I was so on board when they fired Jim Caldwell. I was tired of the mediocrity. They're taking a step back right now. But even though it's so rough right now to think about, maybe we can hold on hope that they'll get some picks that some picks will go their way for once, and that maybe Patricia can build a culture. I mean, as crazy as this might sound, I would rather have them go, you know, three and no wins the rest of the year or four and 12 on the year and have them get a top pick than have another year of nine and seven or eight and eight with Jim Caldwell. That's That t- took this team nowhere for years, and I was sick of it. I mean, that's a huge thing of my – I'm like – it's not college football. It's pro football. You, If you're brought in to be successful, you need to be successful in year one. This team does not, this team is not the Bills. They have talent. They, like you said, they do have talent on yeah, this roster. Yeah. And with Patricia, I mean, if, I mean, look at Sean McVay. Look at other coaches around the league who in year one have immediate success after other coaches like Jeff Fisher fail, who are inept. I mean, 
Jim Caldwell, he was able to motivate the guys, but he was inept as a coach, terrible game manager, and made a couple mistakes that cost the Lions games. And with Patricia, you might not see that same thing, but they've gotten worse. And to look at, I mean, he's he's going to be on the chopping block next year. I think he'll get a year off because it is his first year, and maybe they're developing into a system. But him and Bob Quinn are to be on the hot seat next year if they don't succeed because they have talent. It is a matter of now you're looking at Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are joined the hip, in my opinion. Oh, so for sure. if one goes, they both go. And if you think, and I think we're all in agreement, if you think that Matt Patricia is not going to let Jim Bob Cooter and Paul Pasqualoni go before he goes, and you're wrong. Because that's right. his cop-out. That's what I think was part of the reason why Jim Bob Cooter's still here is because if what is happening this year happens, there's your safety valve. Oh, yeah. wasn't my offense. As far as the landscape goes, before we get into my thing, because I can't wait to get going on this, I understand no one I have no interest in making the playoffs every year and not winning another playoff not winning a playoff game until twenty thirty. I, I agree. But the fact of the matter is, and maybe it is over overly optimistic, but the Lions can go six and one. They can because they're You're right. You're exa- they can because they're the Lions. You want to talk You want to talk SOL, dude? How SOL would that be for us to sit here and bitch and moan every week and for me to though. sweat and cry and bleed? You know what? I'm with you. Hundred percent. hundred percent. They can. I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm just saying it can happen. So I've never been in the boat of like, and I understand where you're coming from. But I don't like. Do you want Jake Rudock to play the rest, or he's not even on the team? Matt Castle to play the rest of the year? Hell like, to the let, no. like, like, let's go lose to get a pick. Like, you think one guy is going to change that? Going to change this team? No, one guy's not going to change this team, and one guy is not to blame for this team. And that's where I want to segue into my point. Unless you have something burning to tell me to shut my mouth about. Here's the thing. I came to an epiphany on Sunday, and today, and speaking with my uncle Stephen. Is his weekly shout out because we talk all the time. By the way, my uncle Steven loves Trent more than he does me on this show. So that's oh. just Uncle Steven Rabinowitz. Yes. That's he's he's going to get a Trent it's Valley t shirt. He's going to get a Trent Valley t shirt. Keep listening. Anyway, I want to apologize to Matthew Stafford, to Kelly. Kelly, right, is his wife's name. Yeah. Kelly, the kids. Couple weeks ago, I got on here and I was very fired up about that. I never, not once, did I point and say, this is on him. But I think that I have put a lot of my frustration in Matthew Stafford. Now, let me preface this by saying, I hate to be the guy that goes back and flip-flops, but after this week, again, I realize now, Matthew Stafford is not having a good year. I want this all on record. I'm saying, I'm acknowledging, and I've said this in weeks prior, he's not having a good year, and he is very partially to blame for the Lions' lack of success this year. He should be playing better, yes. I need to see some more fire and passion like the old Matthew Stafford. Yes. But today I listened to, to the radio. Like I said, 97 won the ticket. Mike Villani, who I love to death. Very professional, very knowledgeable people. And I could not believe how shallow the opinions were. I mean, I'm hearing things like, I'm done with Stafford. Stafford needs to go. You're stuck with Stafford for the next one and a half years at least, implying that after that he's gone, you move on. If you think that Matthew Stafford is the reason why, or even a major reason why, the Detroit Lions, I'm not going to say suck, are mediocre this year, and why they've been mediocre for the last decade, 
You are a lunatic. You're nuts. You're a lunatic, and I believe that you should be checked into an insane asylum. Let me continue. The Detroit <laughs> let's let's get some common ground here. The Detroit Lions are a business organization, correct? Correct. correct. They are a Barely. business. Barely. They're a business. You of course, you argument. gotta throw that in yes, there. Yes, whatever, whatever. Whatever. They there are. is a such thing. Let me educate. I know you guys are not in the school of business. I am in the Eli Broad School of Business. Talk to me. Oh, I'm proud of that one on us. There is a th- such a thing called professionalism. Now, this is an intangible thing, but it exists. This includes, and it, it exists in any business, and in just in life in general, even outside of football. Being professional includes being prepared. Agree? Yes. Agree. Yes. Making smart, logical decisions. Yes. Absolutely. Having capable personnel and workers. Yes. Absolutely. Correct. Having the right attitude, effort, and stick to itiveness. Yes. Correct? Attitude yes. is everything. The Lions possess none of it. None of it. How the hell do you expect Matthew Stafford to do anything with this team? What did you want him to do in the Bears game? What, what, the defense allowed 34 points. They're losing by 20 at half. What do you want him to do, man? What what other quarterback wins you that game? When you're down 26 to 7 going into half, what 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 quarterback wins it? Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, maybe your three three of the best quarterbacks of all time. Russell Wilson ain't doing it. Andrew Luck ain't doing it. Jared Goff ain't doing it. Pat Mahomes ain't doing it. And I've I've heard you guys and, and Trent, I hate to kind of point it back at you now because I've heard No, I'm locked and loaded. I, I, I've heard you, you guys mention weapons on this team. What weapons? What weapons? Mar is, do you think Marvin Jones is a legit number one receiver? No. No. He's growing into it. Do you He's think gonna... do you think Theo Riddick is a game changer? No. And, and how about Levine Toilolo? How how good is he? How big of a weapon is he for Matthew Stafford? Yeah, like two catches all year. It doesn't even matter if they did have weapons because they play from behind every game. And for God's sake, your boy Stafford's the best in NFL history at coming back in games, factually and statistically. So if you're if you're concerned about oh they're always behind and Stafford can't do it, he's the only one in the universe that's ever played quarterback in the NFL to bring your team back. Football is not an individual sport. Look at Matt Ryan. Do I need to, he's on my fantasy team. Do I need to show you how many yards he throws for each week? They're 4-5 and five and just lost to the Browns. Phil Rivers, would you agree he's a talented quarterback? Yeah, yeah, I'd I'm say kidding. So. What, kidding. What, I'm what, kidding. what has Phil Rivers done in his career? Want to go look at his playoff right. career? He's probably 500 in the playoffs. They do nothing. Worse than that. Kurt Cousins, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. What? What are you? What have these guys done? What have those guys done that makes you go, "Damn, I wish I had Wentz over Stafford." Not a damn thing. You're you're gonna sit here and tell me if Kurt Cousins or Jared Goff is your QB that the Lions are a one-two loss team. And on the flip side, more importantly, you're going to tell me that if Matthew Stafford is the quarterback of the Patriots or the Saints or the Chiefs or real teams, real professional teams that have it together, you tell me those teams only have three wins because Stafford's the quarterback? Absolutely not. Here's what I'll finish with. I was watching Colin Coward today, and I can't stand Colin Coward. I think he's a miserable human being. In Dak, We're talking about the, the Cowboys game last night against the Eagles. In Dak Prescott's four highest-rated games, like I love to say, factual, statistical, Dak Prescott's four highest-rated games as far as passer rating goes, which is, in my opinion, a legit real stat to measure performance. Zeke Elliott, in those four games, from I think I believe it's from best to worst that I'm about to read as far as 
Dak's passer rating goes. Zeke had 92 yards and two touchdowns, 97 yards and two touchdowns, 94 yards and one touchdown, 240 yards and three touchdowns. Does that not tell you how important the other aspects of the game are? The Lions have never had a running game for Stafford. So like we said, he has to be 350 yards and three touchdowns every week or the Lions don't have a chance. The guy has bought into Detroit. He's not perfect. He's not been good this year. He has to be better. But for God's sake, he's loyal. He's smart. He has a cannon. He has no help at all anywhere. Watch the games. Analyze something. Be intelligent. And this is not to you guys, but to the people that want Stafford gone. Analyze something. Be intelligent. Or shut your mouth. Because I don't know who else you want playing quarterback. Because unless you got Rodgers, Brady, or Breeze, I don't care to see Kirk Cousins here. He's not going to make you go 7-1 and one out of the gate. And this talk about, I know you were kidding when you say draft a new quarterback. That's great. Let's tear the whole thing down. We'll go 0-16 next year. We'll draft a new quarterback. Give him two years to start. When he sucks in year two, you guys can all talk crap about him. And he sucks. This team sucks. And that's what we can do for years. You have Stafford here for a couple more years. You're lucky the guy signed here. And again, I this is incredible to me as I'm hearing myself say this because I have been I have been on the flip side where I've bashed Stafford. I've been in the middle. A couple weeks ago, I put a lot on him. But watching that game, and you watch the way the Bears operate. The Bears have a first-year coach, too. They got it figured out. They got Mitch Trubisky's their quarterback. You're going to tell me if Trubisky's a Hall of Famer by the time I'm put in the grave, I will <laughs> find you guys wherever you are. I'll shake your hand and say I was wrong about Matthew Stafford. I will. Mitch Trubisky had all day to throw. He never has pressure, especially from the Lions. His receivers were wide open all day long. That's factual. Stafford is on the ground more than any quarterback in the league. He doesn't have a running game because his offensive coordinator is an idiot in every sense of the word. No one comes to play on the Lions. They are the most ill-prepared, unprofessional organization in football, maybe besides the Browns, which are a dumpster fire of a team, and it starts from the top down. So you want to come at Stafford now? You're going to have to get through Quinn, the Ford family, your old line the defense that can't stop anyone. That's what I have to say about Matthew Stafford. I'm going to pop a Tylenol. You guys do what you have to do. I uh, don't understand how Matthew Stafford is not a part of the blame for them getting down 20 points. I, I, told, you, I, told, I, you, I told you, I told you he was. He, but, but the thing is, like I said, these who does he have? He doesn't have a run game. They can't move the ball. Carry on Johnson had 50 yards on the... I just told you what Zeke yeah. does for Dak. No. Dak Prescott sucks. He's not good. Yeah. Zach, he's not good, Dak Prescott. He's got Zeke Elliott. He's the best running back in the league, For some people might say. The Lions have none of it. The, the Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive line in the universe. Stafford's not anymore, got nothing. Bro. But, I, I mean, when I looked at Stafford, and I think you're not going to get a better guy here in Detroit. I completely agree with that. But I, it's year 10 of him, and I think you already know what he is. He's going to be a top 12 quarterback. He'll win you some games. He's got a great talent. Then He's, build around him and get some other pieces to win. Like it's that, the Lions, dude. You, you I, can't keep saying that. Like, you, know, you can't just cop I think, out and yes, say I it's can. the Lions. Yeah, I no, can't, you can't. Because it is the Lions. Because then when is SOL going to stop? 
What is that gonna die? When they tell you what, it's, the, it's not dying. Get it done? It's, it's not dying by just. Uh, I just don't get it. Like, there, there's something we're missing with Stafford here that I don't know if you guys have realized. I kind of had this take and I've kind of kept it hidden. Okay, but you know, this might be hot. But <laughs> when the coaching change happened this year, there was a key thing that happened with Stafford and with JBC, and it's really revealed a lot. When this coaching change was being made, I believe that Stafford was in Martha Ford's ear pushing for her and for the organization to keep JBC. I'm sure. I'm because sure. Yeah. I believe that when it comes down to it, you can say, you can talk about the comebacks on the field. You can talk about how he's gritty. But I believe Matthew Stafford is a lazy quarterback and he needs to do more to help this ball club. He does not make people around him better. He is terrible pre-snap in terms of calling out his protection. The great ones, the Staffords, the Rodgers, they make people around them better. He's a lazy quarterback. If he's a winner, he gets rid of JBC, he challenges himself with a more complex offense, and he tries to grow. He got comfortable, and in the NFL, you cannot get comfortable. I'm going to respectfully disagree with that for a number of reasons. <laughs> or, or, shocking, or, or disrespectfully. You know I what? Thought, Screw I, it. Like, yeah. So so like let's just let's just be real here for a second. So like continuity in the NFL is something, okay? And Stafford trusts Jim Bob Cooter, right or wrong, and like here we are. We're sitting at three and six, right? Wrong. Okay. He's gonna go. We know Jim Bob Cooter's gonna go. We don't I know hope. if it's gonna be this I, season or this offseason. I hope he is this gonna, isn't Marte Antonio. Going to, He'll be gone. <laughs> He'll be gone. Okay. But like I, I can understand why Stafford would and get in Martha Ford's ear and say, hey, because the Lions went nine and seven last year in a stacked NFC. They they could have they could have made the playoffs. Like not, I'd say probably eight years out of ten, they would have made the playoffs last year. The NFC was great. Jim Bob Cooter, like, like he he's terrible. I'm totally with you guys. He's yeah. awful. Like he's get bad. rid of him. But like at least Stafford wanted some continuity. Like, it's hard to just start from start from scratch. Like we're seeing that this year with that this defense with Pascaloni. Like, this is why the Lions didn't fire Jim Caldwell after that not that that seven and nine year in twenty fifteen. Because you want to keep continuity. You don't want to just build from the ground up and start over. Because and then the Lions did make the playoffs in twenty sixteen. And then in, in, in twenty seventeen they got the same record and just didn't make the playoffs. Like a continuity is something to look at. And and when I take a step back and I look at it, it's like I do I I completely agree. Jim Bob Cooter's got to go. But like, if we put ourselves in the shoes of Matt Stafford before the season started, I can understand why he would want his guy back. You know, you got a new coach coming in, and it's like you don't want everything to just be unfamiliar. Like you kind of want Jim Bob Cooter there because he knows the offense, he knows what you like to do, he knows how you like to play. Granted, it's sucking, so that's why you get him out of here. But I don't think the last two years the offense sucked. I don't. Like I think it's this year the personnel changes. You know. Tate's gone mid-year. You don't have the same guys you've had in the past. You don't have the same offensive line. Like little things have changed, but like continuity is something, and it's worth it's worth talking about. And I got so much more to say about Stafford. I just want to see if anyone else has something to say about that. I I I liked Stafford. I think that gets lost in what I try to say. I just I can't stand the apologist and how he's excluded from all the blame in this team. Mm-hmm. And when. Not to pin this back on Ryan when he says he's never at. I mean, you look at 2014, that team was stacked. You yeah. had the best defense in football. That should have gone so much You further. had Calvin Johnson. You had Golden Tate. And by the way, I think Matthew Sever did make Golden Tate better. I think that's one guy you could look at in his career. But other than that, I mean, you have Reggie Bush, who was not washed up then. You had pieces to do something. And I know they got screwed in Dallas. But guess, yeah, guess what? Absolutely. They, they still had an opportunity to win that game. And I mean, they should have won that game, honestly, yeah. regardless of the penalty or not. But you look back, and 
he's had teams with talent. It's not like yeah, he's had. For sure. I mean, you have the maybe the greatest wide receiver of your generation playing for him for five or six years, five or seven. I don't know how long they play together, but yeah. you have Calvin Johnson, who was the best wide receiver in the league. And I understand the defense might have been that, but at some point, you just he is what he is. He's not going to take you to the nether level. All right, all right. Can I just? And he's not the guy who's going to bring Alliance a Super Bowl. That is my, t- and that's not that's, nothing. That's to fair get. for you to say. It's that's, your opinion. I there's understand. nothing against Matthew Stafford. He's a great quarterback, and he's a lot better than a lot of guys in the league who are considered maybe better than him. Which I would like. There's certain like Cousins. If put Matthew Stafford in the situation Cousins is in, I I, I believe he would succeed. Thank you. You know. That's I believe that, but with this situation, it's never gonna work. So, you, so the, thing the is, Lions though, th- for the Lions to ever get over that hump, they need some generational talent at the quarterback position to pull up this dumpster fire of an organization. Can I from just ownership can I ask one to question? Generational talent. You put you put Drew Brees on this team. Do you think do you think this team is good? I think they're better. Yeah, you think they're better. How much better? How, four four wins. I mean four and I, five. I like, don't think. Like, seriously, this team stinks. This <laughs> roster stinks. Matt Stafford is the, like. Let, let, you let said just, for weeks how they have talent. They all do over. have talent, but like that's not you. You need. You can't just like say, okay, we got a top five corner. Our secondary is great. Our secondary sucks. Look, They're like bad. our secondary is <laughs> terrible because you can't put anyone else around Darius Slay. Like Glover Quinn, he's 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 a good. He's been good in the past. Is he done? I don't know. Like put like you can't just say. Carry on, Johnson. Our run game is great. I'm not He's saying good, that, but no, no. I'm what I'm saying is you got to put more talent around Stafford. You can't just like I've you, been hearing it, that for it, ten it, years. Okay. I'm tired then why of did, it. Then why did you just say we need generational talent at quarterback? No, I'm saying you need someone like a Breeze or and lo- then what? T's Tabor getting lit up every game. Like I'm, I'm just. I mean, I'm the just, Saints I'm have had put- terrible defenses for years, and the Saints have f- somehow figured out how to get it done. Have they? Yes. What have they done? What have they done? They, they won, won a Super, Super Bowl in 2010. They had a stacked deck. Yeah, they had Reggie Bush, too. a stacked deck. I mean, they consistently win. Have the Lions ever consistently won under Stafford? They have, they've they've made ever- three playoff appearances in the last seven years because of Matt Stafford alone. If Matt Stafford isn't there, no. No. The- I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying he's <laughs> not the guy. Do you believe he could win a Super Bowl in Detroit? I, if you put some talent, absolutely, absolutely. If you want to talk about the guys around him, though, when you look at the great teams in the NFL, like I'll say the Patriots, for example. I don't know how much Patriots you guys talk on this show, but I'll drop a little bit of Patriots. Tom Brady on that team is the leader of that team. He's the face of the Patriots. You look at the Lions. He's Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't mean to interject. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the greatest of all I, time. It's <laughs> like saying like LeBron James. You'll like, see the comparison. Like, I mean. yeah. Okay, okay yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll see the comparison. Okay, my bad. My bad. It's not as much yep. about the talent of the player. It's just about the role they have to their team. So you have Tom Brady at the center of the Patriots. Matthew Stafford is the franchise for the Detroit Lions. He is their leader. He is their emotional leader. They follow him. He's the guy getting paid. He's getting paid the big bucks, and he's the fan favorite, just like Brady is. What Brady does is, he, after a bad game or a bad week of practice, he pushes his team on both sides of the football. He pushes the defense in practice. He makes people around him on the offense better. I mean, there's only so much talent you can give Matthew Stafford. Trent, go ahead. Do we know that he doesn't do that? Do we know? 
I mean, you, it, the fire is not there from from the post game pressers that I listen to to what I see in practice to, to what comes out of his mouth. Okay. I just don't think it's yeah. Not. Yeah, I respect that opinion. I'm just saying, like what what I see, what I see is a guy who's responsible. He's a leader. You might not be the most vocal guy you want, but he does. He takes accountability. And I, should yeah. should he could. Matt Stafford. I'm, if I was Matt Stafford, I'd be throwing my offensive line right under the bus. Like, are you kidding? I got I got put on my ass ten times last week. Like, can we do a, a lot of that? Was on him, that, please. He held onto the ball way lot, too long. A lot, or like two or three of those. Yeah, like, yeah, give him a couple. But I yeah. hear I hear what you're saying. I, 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 I get what you're definitely. saying too. Like, there were definitely. two or three coverage sacks. You could have got rid of it, but like, that's two or three. That's a competent number for a football game. Like ten sacks. I put that fully on the offensive line. The sacks weren't. The sacks have always been an issue, but they've been an even more elevated issue since he's lost his safety net in Golden Tate. He didn't have that guy to just dump the ball to, get out of the pocket, and and, and dump the ball to. Now, when he stands in the pocket, he he looks around lost. It he he stays in the pocket way too long. The sacks weren't a huge issue until that Vikings game. I feel like they turned a corner until that game. Yeah, fine. Maybe the Lions don't need a generational talent at quarterback, but they need a generational talent at the offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator for this to work. Because Stafford, he is good and he has talent, but you see Jared Goff. I think Stafford could do what Jared Goff's doing in Los Angeles Rams yeah, system. Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, because you have great coaching. That's a head and coach, have, though. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. We have a defensive head coach. No, but you you need someone like that. You need that type of situation, and I don't think that situation's ever going to be in Detroit. And I'm not saying get rid of Stafford. I'm not saying that. But I, I just don't understand the optimism that he's somehow going to bring us to the promised land someday. I just think he is who he is. He's a good player. He seems like a good person. And I, I do think he accepts his responsibility. And I, I think that's a good point, Luke, with his protections. I think he maybe does struggle with that a little bit. I think you've always kind of seen that in his career, him getting hit on some blindside hits. But, I mean, he's also had bad offensive lines his whole career. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. You kind of even that out. But I just, it, it, I just don't understand why people think the jury's still out on this guy. It's year 10. The, the, the point I'm trying to... And everything you guys I, have said is justified. I, I want to go one more time after you because okay. I, I got some... Yes, yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll get into the picks after that because we're just kind of beating a dead yeah. horse here. Yeah. Everything from what Luke said to Ryan said to Trent, what you're saying, it's all justifiable, and I 100% agree, which is why I'm not... I've never been a Stafford apologist because I agree to Luke's point... If you're the franchise quarterback, you know, there's times where it, it does innately fall on you to pump your offense up and pump your defense up. And, you know, I love watching the video of Stafford against the Cowboys where he runs and he goes clock it, clock it, and he jumps in the end zone. And against the Browns where he gets decapitated and gets up and they go win the game at Ford Field. Those are things I haven't seen this year. And I don't know if it's because it's the new kids are keeping him up at night or him and his wife are having problems or I don't know what the issue is. Don't bring Kelly into that. Kelly Kelly was on offense last week. Kelly will shut the entire operation down here at the Motown Rundown. But the point I'm trying to make is you bring up, you know, again, there have been teams that have been better than others for Stafford. I get you have Calvin Johnson, but he's one receiver. The point I'm trying to make is when when you're when and they people, they did do well like, exactly to be fair, they did yes. very good when people talk about Matthew Stafford, it's you know there's there's two camps there's the apologists that think he's great and, and you know I'm I'm kind of leaning more in that direction now as is my as the maturity level has increased and there's the side that go he's the problem because they see quarterbacks like Rodgers 
and Breeze and Brady, and they're like, why is Stafford not doing that? You have to understand what you have. I don't care how much money he makes. That's what happens when you're a quarterback in the NFL. You have to pay the guys that are most important. What I want you guys to understand is, is for what I never used to do, take a step back and breathe and analyze what's being put on the field. The Lions let up 34 points against the Bears. It was what? It's atrocious. 41 against the Jets, and Stafford was real freaking bad against the Jets. But the point being is I want you next time, maybe go back to the, I don't know the exact number. Look how little Stafford has the ball in his hands. Because the defense, like the Bears were having drives that lasted millenniums. It's a great point. It's Matthew, in, in, in like the stat that I used to never really look at of the fourth quarter comebacks, like guys, I don't know who else you want. And that's back to the point. I know I'm just rambling, and I want to get to Trent before we go to the picks because we've been talking forever, and it's Trent's birthday, and I'm sure he wants to go home and eat cake or whatever. (laughs) And I'd I'd love to come over for some cake if you have some. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Anyway, you have to look at what you're dealing with. And as I said, I can name you a couple quarterbacks that I think if you put Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, maybe a few others that are borderline with Stafford, that if you put them on this team right now, you can't, again, unless they're Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, I, I, you cannot sell me that the Lions are all of a sudden magically, instead of 3-6, and six, they're 6-3. Six and three. Yeah, you, I... you cannot sell me on that. You can't sell me that if Kirk Cousins takes over at quarterback for the Lions, they're magically better because Kirk Cousins has a great defense. Kirk Cousins has Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and and Treadwell. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Those are what he has. Mike Zimmer's a great coach. Top five. He's got a great coordinator. So to the flip side of that, you can't tell me that if you put Matthew Stafford on the Chiefs or if you put Matthew Stafford on the Rams, who factually have the best offensive minds in the league, or you put him with Belichick on the Patriots, guys, you can't tell me he doesn't have the same record as Tom Brady. You can't tell me that. And that's where I need people to understand what you're dealing with. The defense is not good. It's maybe been great once in Stafford's entire career here. He's never had a 100-yard rusher until this year. I mean, back to Reggie Bush, whatever. But the pieces, I get it Calvin's been here. I get it. I do. I understand. But, like, look at this year's team. They do have they do have some solid players, but not number one guys. You have Slay on defense. He didn't play. They got exposed. Ziggy Ansah's not a top guy like we thought, although he is a good player. Look at the offense. Marvin Jones is not a number one receiver, and he's your number one receiver. Levine Toilolo probably only makes a roster on five other teams. He's your starting tight end because I don't know where Luke Wilson is. I think he gets lost going to the stadium. He's not a starting tight end either. The offensive line you have, like I like the guys. I think they've got some promise, but Stafford is picking dirt out of his face every game. So take a step back. I know you're frustrated. 
I am too. It's not on him. He's got to give him a give him a good old line. Give him a coordinator that is that can make things happen and is innovative and allow Stafford to move and whatever, and then we can have the conversation. I'm gonna say one quick point. I think a lot of the same problems that the Lions have had this year, not having a consistent run game, their O line sucking, has happened in Stafford's career, and he's still been pretty good. And I think that, and I this year you just don't see him making those plays out of the pocket that we're used to. That is, and I don't, I don't want to say he's regressed. I don't want to say that, but he looks gun shy in the pocket. He really does. He does not look the same. He doesn't look comfortable. And when he gets out of the pocket, he doesn't look comfortable either. He looks indecisive. So that's all I would say about Stafford in this year. But I still think he's like the guy, but like you have to have like a top three roster around him to win something special. I just want to wrap this up with my last little tirade here on my boy Matt Stafford because I absolutely love him and I will defend him till I die, probably because I'm going to die being a Lions fan <laughs> and whatever. <clears throat> so Matt Stafford had weapons in 2011, in 2014, in 2016. He had Kelvin, Tate, Ebron. Would anyone here like to take Nate Burleson back? Like, who thinks Nate Burleson would make a difference on this team right now? He was now? one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I <laughs> honestly, Titus Young, remember him for a little bit? Yeah. Like, these, these that were guy be- was a psycho. They're all guy. better than, like, what we got now. No disrespect to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Like, I think they'll Marvin Jones to- is better than Nate Burleson. Kenny's great, by the okay, way. I, Kenny, I, I Kenny Galladay yeah. is going to become yeah. a... You want to talk about, like, Kelvin Johnson. We got to hang on to him. We got to hang on to him They got to make sure they get him the ball, though. Yes. I just... My thing with Stafford is you got to be careful what you wish for. And I said this last Last week, I literally beat the drum on this last week for 20 minutes, and I'm just going to keep doing it. In fact, I'm going to put a hole in the freaking drum because I'm just beating it so hard. Like, I have him top 10, and, like, I have him ninth. I could slide him into eight, and I'm going to tell you the guys who I have him behind, and, like, I doubt any of you will disagree with who I got ahead of him. You'll probably disagree with who I got behind him, but I got Brady, Rodgers. This is in no order, by the way. Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Wilson, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers and Big Ben, and that one's debatable. That's why I said I could put Stafford in eight because Big Ben is playing with one of the best like coaching cores in the entire yes. NFL. I even He's, think I even think Newton and Newton and Wilson. Right, like, to me, like Cam, it's just Cam, New- Cam Newton Newton's or Russell Wilson. Really it's interesting because they're both running quarterbacks and, yeah. and they do their thing. Yes. Right, like Cam's having an MVP year it, though. He's okay, been he, really that, good. That yeah, that you can make a case for that, but like. Here's some guys I have below Stafford. Okay, Jared Goff is a system quarterback. Like we saw him suck with Jeff Fisher. I'm not. I know that's probably a hot take, but like if you put Jared Goff on on like I don't know the Cardinals, do you do you think that that's a competent team? Do you think no, they? I, no, I, I can play Jared, Jared Goff has he has, have, he has talent. He does have talent. So but much I, talent. I agree. Like, and again, back to your Jeff yeah. Fisher point. Look who his coach was. Yes. Couldn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's got the right. best offensive yeah. mind in the so league. I, I, by no means do I think that Jared Goff is even close to St- like maybe he's close, but I don't. I don't think he's better than Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes has talent. So many weapons hasn't proven anything to me. Like until he wins in the playoffs or something. Like look at what Dak Prescott did in 2016, and everyone was like, "Oh my God!" Like Dak Prescott. Here yeah. come the Cowboys, and then they stunk last year. Like. The, you can't you can't get all excited about a, a, a rookie. He's basically a rookie. He started one game last year, and he like it, until he proves that to me. Like I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, sure. Pat Mahomes is. I think Stafford's better. We might Matt, be here all night. I got I got <laughs> I got Matt Ryan tenth. Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Deshaun Watson. Those are all the guys in the next sure. mix. Okay, Stafford is a top ten quarterback. I don't care how you slice it, who you want to throw in there. I think he's top ten. You got to be careful what you wish for. You have that here in Detroit. So many teams would kill for this guy. Like I can give you four teams right now that would probably 
maybe trade you a first-round draft pick for Matt Stafford straight up right now. He's right. This is a quarterback portal. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are so sick of Blake Bortles, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, those teams would all realistically, because they... Like realistically, would all give you a first round pick for Matt Stafford. Like that's that's how other people like from the outside looking in. There are definitely people that like wish they had our guy. And here we are. Some of us are like saying, "Get him out of here." And I think those people are idiots. So I, I guess that's all I gotta say. Like Ryan, like you said, like what does the eye test tell you? You know, like just watch the games. Yes. Watch the games. Like, can you honestly tell me that Matt Stafford's the reason that that the Lions are losing? Like. And and like may, yeah, yes, obviously I'm not I'm not just gonna like say he's blame free. Like a lot of it falls on like some falls on Matt. Stafford. I don't think you like the Jets game was on Matt Stafford. But like, has there been a game this year where he hasn't like the Cowboys game? The Seahawks game. The Cowboys game was a chance for him to like go and lead his team down the field, and he did. Game. What happened? Defense lost the game for him. Uh, the Packers. That 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 game, you jump out to the big lead. Packers start to come back a little bit. They cut to within ten. What does Stafford do? He goes down, gets you a touchdown. You're up seventeen again. Game's over, right? Like these are things that are happening. The San Francisco game. He was leading his team to a game-winning field goal, and Theo Riddick drops two in a row. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not 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 to slight Theo Riddick. I'm 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 just no, saying like Matt Stafford. It's not like let's keep it in context because at some point context matters. Like let's not just like bash the guy and say he's awful. Whatever. Just like, what does the eye test tell you? Is he really the problem? Absolutely not. And if you think he is, get out of town. Like, and I'm not, I'm not talking to you guys at all by any means. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, fans, because there's yep. probably 30% of the fans want him gone, and and 50% of the fans think he's not good. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of town. He's not the reason for the Lions struggles right now. That's all I gotta say. I'll just say one quick thing to wrap up my point, and then we'll get to the picks. He's our guy. We're in a quarterback poor league, and he's a he's a big time talent, big time arm. You know, he's maybe the face of Detroit sports right now. He is our guy moving forward. You cannot place all the blame on him. I agree with you guys with that. The Mm -hmm. defense is poor, JBC, talent on offense, whatever you can say. I just think he needs a little push. Whether that's the next offensive coordinator giving giving him a little push and changing the scheme, getting a little more creative, or even a push from Matt Patricia to say, hey, step up and be more of a vocal leader. You know, he is our guy moving forward. I, I would like to see him lead us to wins, playoff wins. I just think he needs a little push. Yeah, let's move on. I literally need to move on. I'll okay. talk for the whole night. And with that, time for the picks. I, I love doing that every week. This is my favorite song. I know Facebook Live people can't hear it, but this is my favorite song. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Come on. Lions. Get the Carolina Panthers at home 1 p.m. next Sunday. We will talk about this past week. Myself, Ryan Rabinowitz, I sucked 0 for 2. I moved to 2 and 4 on the year. Trent, God bless his soul, moves to 0 and 6. Ryan I'm Collins. not taking any hints either. You'll see. <laughs> Ryan Collins moves to 3-3. Three and three, Hits the over, which was 45 points, and the Bears the cover at 6.5. He moves into the guys. lead. <laughs> Luke Sloan, his first time on the show, so we will uh, we'll start you off fresh here. Over-under for this game is 51. The Panthers are favored by 4. Trent, it is your birthday. What do you got? Um, well, I'm actually. Can, can we come back to me? I, I, I got to look at sure, the line. And sure, stuff. go ahead. Luke, we're going to start I'll with you. I'll be a gentleman. All yeah. right. You know, I look at this game for the Lions dropping three in a row in extremely disappointing fashion. This is the kind of game where they just say, what the heck, surprise everyone and win. Except 
This is not the opponent that that oh, win is going to come I, against. That's Man, where you open the door. The Carolina Panthers. That's a pro got, right there. The Carolina Panthers got embarrassed last week in Pittsburgh, and they're one of my favorite NFC teams. I think they're going to be a, you know, a top playoff seed. You know, match them up against the Saints, and we'll see what happens. But that's for another day. But th- this is extremely bad timing. This is a week where the Lions could go out there and surprise us all. But this Panthers team is going to be hungry. Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey. The defense is underwhelmed a little bit this year, but Luke Keekley is a stud, and they have some nice guys on the defensive front. I'm going to go with the over because I am really afraid about Christian McCaffrey and our linebackers and Cam Newton in space. Oh, it's just their pieces just really scare me against a defense that honestly doesn't know what they're doing right now. I'm going to go with the over, and I'm going to go with the Panthers to cover. All right, Brian Collins. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers and the over. And Luke made a fantastic point. McCaffrey against Gerard Davis. Watch out. I re- I, I'll and, take Davis. And Ooh. That is Continue. A, I'm sorry. <laughs> and a very incorrect take, but we, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll talk but, on Monday. Yeah. And I think that is it is a week where the Lions, I think, show up and play a hard football game. But the Lions is not big enough for me to consider the Lions not losing by just like a touchdown. And I just think this Lions team's almost given up. I, I I know I've given up, but I think that them as a collective squad, the feeling and the aura around this team seems like they've kind of given up, and that's why I'm taking the Panthers. And I'm going to take the over because Stat Pafford, whatever it's called. I don't even know how to say that. Stat Pafford? Yeah, I, we're, we're gonna I'm not a good that, English guy. Yeah. Not a good English I'm gonna, guy. I'm going to act like I didn't hear that so I don't throw up before I leave. I'm just... All love, all love for Collins here. <laughs> we're just, we're cut from a different cloth. Yes, but like, it different. works. That's why. That's why <laughs> yes. we got these. That's why we got. That's why it works. Um, yes. I'm going with the Lions. The Lions are gonna win at home. Fort Field fans hungry. It's gonna be beautiful. My brother's there. Season ticket holder. It's gonna be exciting. But it's gonna be a close game uh, for sure. I'm going with the over. I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think the Panthers' defense is very good, and the Lions' defense stinks. Like, uh, so so I guess I, th- I think Snacks Harrison and Jared Davis will win the battle against McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey will have more receiving yards and rushing yards. That's about all I got for you. If Slay plays, that's huge. Like, we need him back so bad. You see how bad that secondary was without him. I'm going Lions. Actually, okay, I'm saying 35-34 Lions. Okay. Call me crazy. Fair. That's what I got. I am going Crazy. to take the You're over. Nuts. I'm taking the over on this one because I think between McCaffrey and Newton and just the way the Lions defense has been playing, I think it's going to be a shootout. And as we saw in, with Carolina and Pittsburgh, Carolina's defense ain't that great, at least for that one week. I'm going to take the Lions to cover. I don't know if that means they're going to win, but that's not what we're doing here. I'm right. taking them to cover. I think they'll lose by three. Come maybe. on, Ryan. You're picking them to win. Let's I go. don't know. Whatever, Trent. Uh, for your birthday, I'll say they'll win, but just just, just please lock me in to the Lions to cover. Okay? That's 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 all I can do for you guys. All right? I'm, it's just been... It's, Marathon it's, show today. What it, it, we're, we're pushing an hour and a half here, but I think it's probably one of the best hour and a halves that we've spent in a, in a long time. I think the first episode might have been an hour and a half. That was just me. I was just rambling, but... <laughs> Now, yeah, that was a that was. This is what again. This is what makes this show great, which makes it fun. It gives me something to do on a Monday night, and I think it's productive. And it's just you know, it's just hey, I I wonder what the show will look like if these teams are ever good. And granted, <laughs> Collins and I, I don't know, Luke, are you a junior too? 
I am a freshman. What the dude? I don't know how I you. Too, I don't know how I'm you and young Trent gun. are both. You Sophomores. guys look older than Collins and I. You're Collins, you're a junior, correct? No, sophomore. Really? What? The, okay, I clearly. <laughs> oh, I'm the oldest guy here. Go. Let's get out of here. I, I'm, yeah, I'm clearly hallucinating. That's that's. I, I'm whew, wow. That is all the time we have here on the Motown Rundown. Run da- wow, I'm just. We need to get out of here. One pride. One pride. The Motown Rundown say. today for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins for our new guest Luke Sloan. Thanks for being here again, Luke. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Again, feel free to tweet any questions, comments, concerns, suggest some topics for the show on Twitter. Hashtag Motown Rundown. We will see you next time. Then